0: Welcome to the Freelance Podcast. I'm your host, RJ McCollum, and fellow freelancer. And before we get into the episode today, I want to talk real quick about an email I got over the weekend, uh, asking or pretty much pointing out that you know obviously what I talk about is centered around kind of my my life as a developer. So I talk about developers and designers. When freelancing is so much more than just developers and designers, and in general, a lot of freelancing podcasts that are out there. Are already centered around developers, designers, and uh, the person who wrote me the email did a great job giving me some other options of people that I could potentially bring onto the show, and I figured I'd share kind of my my response more or less uh, that I that I gave to this person who I really appreciated the feedback for, and uh, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, what I talk about is really centered around kind of developers and designers, and that's not to alienate uh, people, or I guess at the end of the day, what it comes down to is it's what I know. It's what I know because it's what I do day in and day out. The way that I look at it is freelancing is such a large niche, right? So even if I, even though I chose the niche of freelancing within freelancer, I mean, within freelancing, there's just so many different, uh, possible, you know, people that fall into that. You have obviously designers, developers. You have copywriters. You have marketers. You have SEOs. You have mechanics. You have uh, salespeople that you can hire on a contract base. You have hairstylists. You know, you have all these different, this kind of wide gamut of uh, professions or skills within freelancing. And while I thought the person that sent me the email did a great job of recommending some people and kind of bringing it to my attention. I I ultimately decided that I'm not going to go after those people or try to spread myself too thin because at the end of the day, you know, this podcast is something to help. Uh, I want to help other individuals. It's not what I do full time by any means whatsoever. You know, I don't make any money from this podcast. It is what it is. Um, So, you know, that means that there's just the reality of it is that I don't make any money. There's only so much time I can put into it. And, you know, kind of staying in my comfort level is, or or with what I know, and, and staying within my comfort level, you know, that's what's going to allow me to consistently produce content out. And while it may only help a certain amount of people, it's just that's the reality of the situation. You know, and, you know, there's arguments say, oh, well, if you want your podcast to be, Big or get sponsors in order to make money, then yeah, you need to widen the audience or, or dive deeper. And, and yeah, that's true. That's a valid argument. But at the end of the day, the reason I do this podcast is because I genuinely feel I have something to share. Uh, I mean, yeah, it'd be awesome if I could, you know, make money uh, off of the podcast, but that's not my focus. My focus is to bring you guys, you know, uh, somewhat concise, uh, helpful information on on a week by week basis. I've gone through spurts of. Doing the podcast, taking a break. Doing the podcast, taking a break. And honestly, I'm just focused on consistency right now. So, a little, just, I got the email, it got me thinking, and I thought that the person that sent it did a great job of kind of laying out, and not in a mean way whatsoever, a very helpful way, in fact, gave me, you know, uh, I think it was like three people to, to reach out to that were doing great in, in their niche and what they did in freelancing. I figured I would just go ahead and... Uh, go ahead and explain that just in case anybody else was wondering about it or any of you guys had complaints like this dude only talks about developers and designers and really that's just a, a product of that's what I do so uh take it for what it's worth I guess <laughs> you know but uh today what I want to talk about on the podcast is perception and how perception of things both how you the freelancer. Uh, perceive things and how the client perceives things can really dictate how a relationship goes. So I want to give two, kind of talk about two different examples, one of them from the eyes of a client, one of them from the eyes of a freelancer. And I'm going to start with the one uh, from the client. And I'm going to use the example of uh, perception when it comes to pricing. Everybody struggles with pricing. That's probably the number one thing that freelancers struggle with is is pricing. How do I price? What should I charge? Should I do hourly? Should I do project-based pricing? Uh, what should I get up front? What should I get? You know, how how should I bill? Fifty percent and upfront and at the end of it. There's so many different ways to handle uh, pricing, and especially when you're new to freelancing, or you haven't quite crossed that barrier where you have a good amount of work, it can be challenging um, to give a price you feel comfortable and confident with because of the perception of the client. And when it comes to pricing, I always recommend project-based pricing. But there's a difference in the clients that you're working with when you work with somebody who has a $500 budget and somebody who has a $5,000 budget. And really what you have, what differentiates those two people or those two projects is not just budget the reason the budget is so different is because of perception and in some cases it's not even the work the work could be very similar uh, in terms of scope and everything but what creates such a large spectrum of price is perception by the client at the end of the day as a consumer meaning somebody who you know pays for other stuff, we have to make the decision in what I'm paying for. Is my perception of that? Is that value going to be returned to me uh, at least equal to the amount, if not more than equal to the amount that I'm paying for it? Now, you could use this example for something as simple as a candy bar, right? Maybe you go pay 99 cents a, a buck for a candy bar at the gas station. Is that dollar worth? The satisfaction that I'm going to get out of taking, you know, a few minutes to eat and get that taste and that experience like you make those calls day in and day out, you make those calls based on the car you drive, where you live, the clothes you wear, the, you know, even just the, the hardware that you use, you know, I'm sitting in, a, in front of a bunch of Apple stuff. And there's a reason that I chose Apple because of the perception that I have of Apple in my mind. And so that's what clients do. Perception affects clients and how they view your pricing. If we take a look at these clients, one that's 500 and one that's 5,000, and this is kind of a broad generalization and, and not always true in. In every case but just again for the sake of example here you have the client who has $500 their perception is more or less that you probably live at home with your parents you press the easy button to make a website pop out and $500 is probably them overpaying for the service their perception of what you do is not, uh, it, it's an easy one. It's something that they feel that chances are they could probably do it or know somebody that could do it. They just don't have the time. Um, it's something that they don't value the end result. They don't think of again just using the example of websites, they don't think of what a website can truly do for their business or help their clients. They just know that they need one and they want to they, they perceive that as I need one, but let's take the cheapest, easiest path there. That that's the perception of the five hundred dollar client budget. Now when we're talking about the five thousand dollar client budget, the perception there is that yes, I know I need a website or I need to redo my website. But I know that this is an investment that I'm making. So as a result, I'm willing to invest a specific amount of money, in this case $5,000, into it because I feel confident that I'm going to get, you know, that's going to do $5,000 worth of work. I, I respect you as the designer, the developer, the professional. I respect you enough and your skill set enough that you are going to do a good job and it's going to help my business my store whatever they're getting a website for perception is a is a very important thing and sales is is very difficult for a lot of people myself included and that's probably the one thing that freelancers struggle with the most will Actually, I may have already said that about pricing. Maybe it's something that they question the most, is pricing, but they struggle with the most of getting clients. Right? We all have want the answer of how do I get clients? How do I get good clients? You know, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I've been dealing with the five hundred dollar clients. How do I get those five thousand dollar clients? And it comes down to perception when you're selling something, right? What are you talking about? And this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but like when you're selling or, or look at your website, right? Let's use all of your guys' website. Think about your portfolio website. What does, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have hero sections with nice images and text in it, but like, what are you listing on your portfolio website? Chances are a lot of you are listing things like. Your skill set, HTML5, CSS3, WordPress, Drupal, blah, 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 right? All these skills that you have. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend you go back, I think it might be episode two of uh, how to build a portfolio. Because I feel that there's that's still relevant, a lot of good information here. I'm going to give you just a little taste in this episode. But clients don't care about that. Clients. You have this business coming to you, you know, with say a $5,000 budget. They're not, their main concerns aren't, well, is it going to be HTML5? Like they may know some of those buzzwords, but it's just that it's buzzwords. You're helping the client's perception by cheapening your professionalism, by relegating your what you do to a simple set of tools. That's like a mechanic having a website and listing out, well, we use snap-on tools. Uh, we use craftsmen, um, you know, uh, screwdrivers, just in case that, you know, whatever it is. It's just you're – could you imagine if you went to a mechanic's website and, like, they listed out all the tools that they use? Like, you could care less about that. What you care about is, one, do they have the skills – Do they have the expertise needed in order to fix your car? That's what you care about. You have something you need to accomplish. You need to know if this person can help you get there. Now, that's a little more cut and dry than websites, but you're aiding a poor perception uh, of how the client views you and how the client may view the budget by simply listing out your skills. Whereas you'll see some of the, you know, think of larger agencies that you may know either around your area or just from people you follow online. Chances are their portfolio websites focus around case studies. Uh, Case studies being, you know, this was the client. This is what the client wanted to achieve. These were our thoughts on how to get there. And these were the end results. Most of the time through those case studies, you will not hear, and we used WordPress. Or you will hear You know, we use WordPress because it allowed the client to do X, Y, and Z. It's usually a very small bullet point, whereas it's not in your face. Like, I'm 90% proficient in CSS. It's not anything like that. So, perception from the client can dictate how your relationship goes, because if they perceive you as not an expert and just somebody to quickly put a theme up for them, well, that's going to show throughout the project, the way they communicate, what their budget is, so forth and so on. Whereas if you have somebody that feels that I know I need this tool for my business and if you're the expert, I'm trusting you, those budgets are going to go higher. So that's on the client side of things. Let's flip things and the perception of Freelancers, right? So I'm going to give you an example. I had a conversation yesterday with an agency that I work with. This agency I've been working with for probably about three, three and a half years. I enjoy working for this person. Um, but to be honest, the amount that I get paid per project is extremely low uh, for for, for where I'm at now in, in my freelancing career, that was based off of three, three and a half years ago, and things have changed, and I do not do work for anybody else for even close to the amount of money that this person pays me. So there, there's a number of different things um, that go into that. One of the big things, to keep a long story short, is that I also do a lot of kind of maintenance stuff. And I don't do a good job of billing for all of that work unless it's larger. You know, a quick five minutes here, a quick 10 minutes there, whatever. Um, I haven't been billing for that. My perception of this is that I don't get paid for that work. And the, the work that I do do, this, these projects, I'm not getting paid enough. So my perception kind of hurt. Uh, you know, when a pro- I'm less excited when I get a project from this agency as opposed to another agency who's paying me more. And it's that perception that you know, to a certain extent, kind of trickles down into the work that I do. So I proposed a uh, different, um, a different uh, pricing structure on how we do things. And even though you've heard me say time and time again, I always prefer to do project-based pricing. I actually said, like, why don't I just count my time over the course of a month and bill you at a flat seventy-five dollars an hour? At the end of the day. It doesn't take the amount of time it takes me to build a project, I would be making less per project. But I would be getting paid for all of these little things that I do that add up. Even if it doesn't come out, even if I lose a little bit of money in doing that, it's almost I almost still rather do it because of the perception that I have in the work that I'm doing. I feel that my time and and the work that I do, the things that are brought to me, are more respected because I know that I'm getting paid for that time. So I know that sounds a little bit backwards, like why don't you just take the bigger per project and then continue doing what you're doing or a number of other solutions that we could go into. But again, it's almost perception. I rather feel that my work is valued across the board than doing something you know, for a flat amount and doing other things for nothing and then having, you know, hoping it all evens out in the end, which either means that it comes out on in my favor or comes out in their favor. So I think about that all the time. You know, I just had literally today I had a person that I work with, you know, ask if I could take on a new project. They need it done by the end of next week. And they said, you know, in their eyes, I also enjoy when people tell me, you know, oh, it's going to be easy. Um, you know, that's why you hire me. I'm the developer. I'll tell you if it's easy or not. But I digress. Um, you know, they need it done. I am super swamped. And so what I had to do is in my mind is I had to look at it and say, okay, well, uh, and this is kind of what I told them back was, you know, yeah, if we didn't have a tight, you know, if my schedule was open, I'd probably do this for seven fifty dollars for you. Um, but because I'm really booked and you need it done a week, you know, it's going to be $900. I had to make the decision before I sent this email that, you know, if he says no, I'm okay losing this project. And yeah, I was okay losing the project because I had plenty of work on my plate. But in getting the project... I feel confident the perception of $900 for this simple project within a week's time when I know I'm busy, the perception to me is that it's still worth my time to push and get that done. So hopefully that gives you kind of an idea of how perception can play into how things pan out for you. The way that you perceive things, the way that clients perceive things can have an effect on the amount of work you do, the type of work you do, the budgets allotted for the work that you do. I know that in some places I kind of rambled a little bit, but it's something that especially this week with a lot on my plate, I've really been putting time into thinking of, how do I feel? Like, what does my gut tell me about this project, taking it on or not taking it on? What does my gut tell me about, you know, the retain the new retainers that I uh, came into? You know, making those gut decisions is all based on perception, the way that you're perceiving things, and it has a two-way street with your clients as well as you. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you guys have questions, comments when it comes to perception. I'm a true believer, and not to get all, like, the secret on you or whatever, but I'm a true believer, and if you change your perception, um, then you're going to change the work that you do in in a positive or a negative way, and I've been in that place where I never felt I could get out of $500 per project, but I'm way beyond that now, and my perception has changed. It's easy for me to sit here and say that, you know, because I'm at this place, and you're probably like, dude, shut up, like, it's not that easy, but... I'm telling you, it really is. Perception is really important, something you should give some thought about uh, over the weekend or or throughout the week. So comments, questions, feel free to reach out as always. RJMcCollum.com is usually the best way to uh, get me on the contact form there. Or you can reach out on Twitter. I'm at RJMcCollum. As always, guys, appreciate you listening. Hope you had a good week and have a good weekend. We will talk to you next week. Right there.